You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to send to you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com. Of course, we own the fireplacechurch.org, and that is now redirecting you to a landing page where you can shoot us your email and let us know if you want to participate in our weekly live services that are being held via our webinar platform. For those of you that have already communicated with us, you'll notice that you've been getting weekly emails Say, hey, come and hang out with us at the Fireplace Church. If you haven't done that already, but you want to be there, well, communicate with us. Go to thefireplacechurch.org or just go to bridemovement.com under the uh, classes and events page and click the Fireplace Church. Shoot us your email. Say, hey, I want weekly notifications of when, you know, meetings are happening. And uh, all you got to do is click it or call in. You can even call in with a phone and and participate. We've been having a really good time uh, as we've made the shift. We've been also shifting how we're looking at fostering internet-based community. And we're we're really trying to grow community. You know, this has been part of the vision since last year when we launched and that's not going away. And so we're, we're working that out and, and launching a new initiative. Folks, I'm just really excited about everything God is doing. And you know, one of the coolest things about building community is that then you end up with a community. And since we've moved to Dallas, we being my wife and I, it's, it's been really cool to see how the community that has begun through this internet platform is actually manifesting in, uh, well, real face-to-face meetings. And, and there's a whole number of folks in Dallas so that, that the Lord has just kind of had here or put here uh, that, that have connected. And, and we are um, fellowshipping. As a matter of fact, just the other weekend, we had a nice surprise birthday party for one of our folks. And a whole number of people in the broad community came by. Um, another individual recently that, that, that is uh, going to be fellowshipping with us as a as a key volunteer and actually was with us last year um has had a whole number of people in our community pitching to buy her a new computer and of course bride ministries helped out with that as well and we're just really excited to be fostering community to be seeing people grow in their relationships and 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 in those relationships grow in christ and you know who would have thought that an internet-based platform would be a springboard for real community but that's what happens when you have a vision and you make it place we're excited we're really excited we're also excited because we you know as a ministry have been able to sow into what happened in houston with the hurricane and and uh, we're just really happy that we were able to contribute financially to efforts down in Houston and I um I just want to thank those of you that support Bride Ministries because you know yeah we um we we do support survivors and we do spend some of our income on that when when you give us your money but we are also investing in other kingdom exploits and agendas um we, we do uh, as much as we can with what the Lord has blessed us with. And I, I just want to remind all of you, you know, what we do, the podcast, the church, everything that we're planning to grow and um, the materials that we're constantly producing is, is, is actually being rocketed by your generosity. And And I just want to bless all of you that have supported us financially, also with your prayers, because we need those. Um, if you would like to support us financially, it's as easy as going to bridemovement.com. You can also write to us at P.O. Box 835-661, Richardson, Texas, 75083, and communicate with us that way. And, you know, I just uh, don't really have anything else to say right now. We're going to get right into the program. It's going to be a lot of fun. Casey's back with us. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall.
Guys, today we are going to be picking up a conversation that we have begun with a very, very brave individual that I have been referring to as Casey. She has been a client of mine and we have gone through a whole lot of really incredible encounters with God as as she has journeyed to a place of healing in Jesus Christ and a, a place of deliverance and freedom in Jesus Christ. And uh, if you haven't heard from Casey before, you have to go back to our archives. And of course, you know, where can I find your archives, Dan Duvall? You can go to bridemovement.com. Because at broadmovement.com, we have a page that's dedicated to our program, and we have archives there. Of course, we have archives in iTunes and Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker and other places all over the internet. But, you know, be sure to go somewhere because you will want to hear parts one, two, and three to catch up to some of the stuff we'll be talking about today in part four. Now, um... Casey, I, I just want to jump in right now and say thank you for hanging out with me to do part four. Well, Daniel, it is my honor to be able to uh, hang out with you and do these parts and um, expose the works of the devil so that uh, we can know how to counteract him and destroy his works with Jesus. Well, you know, KC, I, I really have enjoyed the format that we've been following on these programs because we've been going through what you call episodes <laughs> because that's kind of what you have to call what we've done. I mean, it's like, you know, well, what are you what, what are they going to put on a you know, show this week? What what episode 15? Oh, that's the one where they, you know, cut off the head of the dragon. Like, yeah, that's so, you know, and because we have been doing some really cool things in the spirit and um so you, you know we're calling these episodes and you're talking through what you saw and then i'll pop in there and explain some things well you know we're going to be picking up with a episode <laughs> involving spirit husbands and a guy named pharaoh patah i am really looking forward to letting you entrance us into this conversation casey what happened Yes. Well, um, of course, you always start out every coaching session with prayer. So um, uh, at that time, right after prayer, I let you know that Charles, my protector, was 75 years old. And uh, he was wearing his long white shirt uh, looking tunic. And he has a gold collar that stands up around his neck and it connects in the front. And then, of course, it runs down the front of his shirt. And uh, I just wanted to explain, give a, just a small description of Charles. Now, Charles is, is my guardian angel, if this is your first time listening. Uh, he is black and um, he has an afro and... Um, Yes, but he was a guardian angel that was given to me uh, to guard and protect me uh, when it was my time to come into the earth. So uh, Charles, when he is 75 years old, he uh, uh, lets Daniel know that this session, this coaching session will be one of warfare. So this time he was 75 years old. Uh, I like to say that this um, with his gold tunic, he has, which is one piece, is very flexible. So it allows him to flare out whenever he ne he'll need to get into any type of defensive posture, you know, post with his legs. Um, it stops about three inches above the floor and he has on white pants and white shoes. So uh, to me, the shoes are round toed and uh, they're solid leather type. And they're tailored to fit his feet. A sword uh, is was in its sheath at that time, and it was attached to a leather belt, which is around his waist on his right side. Charles is uh, mainly right-handed, but he knows how to weld the sword quite well in either hand. 
I, I just want to uh, point don't... out something here, folks. If you think that angels have no fashion sense, welcome to the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, some of these guys can dress sharp. I'm just saying. All right, go ahead, Casey. Absolutely. Charles is a very classy angel, a uh, very sharp dresser. Even when he's going to warfare, he's sharp dressed, <laughs> sharply dressed. <laughs> so I told uh, Daniel about my dream and um, it's the following. I had a dream of me in my military days when I was sitting at a desk, which was in front of a long window on the left side in a room. So my back was facing the window and this window extended out to my left uh, about 60 feet. So then I stood up and I started to warn the people who were present in the room about an impending danger of an invasion of satanic forces that were coming to the earth. Now I noted that when I woke up from the dream that it was a satanic attack, that I was actually being satanically attacked. And uh, that's which caused me to go backwards in time. So I have learned that whenever, uh, most of the time, if you are, or maybe I should say some of the time, when you're actually having dreams of past, your past history and you're going back and some of your uh, past um, uh, things or um, jobs that you did, it is an attempt, it is a satanic attempt for Satan to cause you to go backwards in time instead of you progressing and going forward in time, which is what that's God's plan for you is to press forward. So this particular time, it was for me to go back in time. And so I decided to give my attention to my past military days. I also noticed that when you go back in time, you tend to give your attention to your past days, your past days, all oh, the good old days. When m- most people are saying, oh, why can't it be the good old days? You need to check yourself. This is my opinion because this is what I do. I now check myself to make sure that I'm not being satanically attacked to go backwards instead of going forwards going in the paths that God has directed me to go into you know he's directed he directs our footsteps to go in full in a forward motion so that's what I wanted to bring to you so as I started looking at my past I was being attacked by spirit husbands and Daniel's going to talk to you a little bit about that so but before he starts I just wanted to say now when that happens usually my husband will wake me up from the dream and uh, I realized that I had to keep praying and to keep my guard up so Daniel did you want to talk about that? Spirit husbands are a major 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 problem in the body of Christ now some people if they have heard African preachers, they may have heard some talk about spirit husbands and spirit wives because this is a well understood and accepted phenomena um, on the continent of Africa among Christian churches. And so, you know, some people may think, oh, this is just an African thing. Yeah, right. Uh, this is a global thing. And spirit husbands, spirit wives, this is a uh, very prevalent issue among a lot of uh, believers and you know well what does that mean Daniel first of all a spirit husband or a spirit wife can be a number of things it could be a demon it could be a fallen angel or it could be another human person any one of the above could be a spirit husband and uh, there is some fancier stuff than that but The idea is that when you are in relationship to a spirit husband, essentially, that means that some kind of marital union or agreement or certificate exists in the spirit realm, binding you and that other spirit together. 
And it's often a spirit of the opposite sex, but not necessarily. And the uh, presence of a spirit husband or a spirit wife will have implications on a person's life. That may be a primary cause for sleep paralysis and subsequent sexual encounters during sleep. Uh, Sometimes spirit husbands or spirit wives can create infertility or lead a person down a road of infidelity. Uh, Spirit husbands or spirit wives, when they are present, can destroy intimacy in a marriage because they're are deeper parts of a person who may be primarily involved in the certificate or the covenant of of marriage in the spirit that are more committed to the spirit husband or spirit wife than the actual physical husband or wife. And so um, there's a whole host of problems that are associated with this phenomena. And we find ourselves divorcing people from entities on a regular basis, whether they are human or non-human agents. And so with that said, that's a little bit of background surrounding spirit husbands and spirit wives. And um, of course, I could say more, but we're not here for for that. Maybe one day I'll do a podcast just on this subject. I'm going to come back to you, Casey, and let you talk about what happened. Okay, so we have gone through... uh enough coaching sessions at this time and uh, Daniel uh, has accurately taught me uh, exactly what I needed to do to uh, rid myself from spirit husbands so you know the first thing you do is that you you renounce the spirit husband which is what I did I renounced the spirit husband divorced him uh, because it is a unlawful marriage Uh, The main certificate that they all use or the main document that they all use is called a certificate. It's important to call up a certificate of divorce to divorce the spirit husbands before you call up the the covenants and the oaths and the other contracts that are involved. So I announced that I'm married to Jesus and to my human husband. And you have to speak this out loud. I I spoke out loud about the power of fidelity uh, in my lawful marriage to my human husband and that I chose to be faithful to Jesus and to my husband. It's very important when you do this. You must speak these things out in the spirit realm because it creates whatever you're speaking out in the atmosphere. That is exactly what you are creating in the spiritual realm. So Pitta, P-I-T-A-H, Pitta is a principality. And he was that man that I saw in my dream that was standing on the left side of my uh, desk. Not my desk, but the left side of the desk. Uh, And it was dressed in a business suit. And uh, you can actually Google Pitta, P-I-T-A-H, and you'll find some very interesting information about him, including pictures. Uh, He stood there looking at me in in the dream that I had, and I could feel that he was uh, seducing me to go backwards in a timeline. And um, when it feels like if, if someone's asking, you know, well, what does it feel like to be seduced to go backwards is if your spirit is uh, being pulled back against your own will into a different time, into a different setting. That's what it feels like. So I looked uh, up Pitta's name, Pitta's name, and I found some information about him myself. Uh, he's... Um, It's an Egyptian mythology. Uh, He's actually an Egyptian god, a god of Memphis, a god of craftsmen, of architects in the triad of Memphis. He is the spouse of uh, Sekhmet, S-E-K-H-M-E-T, and he's also a father. In other words, he has a son, and his son is Nephritim. Um, Do fallen angels and... um, uh, principalities or do fallen angels mainly have children? The answer is yes, they do. So uh, Daniel dealt with the triangle 
union of Pitta, which included his wife and his son, by war prayer. Daniel, did you want to explain that a little bit? Um, well, I do want to say this when Casey was telling me about her encounter, it was fascinating to me because I had dealt with the same entity, Pitta, on another occasion. And the person described him as this big man in a business suit. So I was floored when he again shows up still wearing similar attire. (laughs) These are like, you know, I mean, the the testimonies could not have been confused. And um, these are just the kinds of things where you take data points. You're like, yeah, no one's making this stuff up. Um, when I was praying against the um, power triangle, uh, which w- was Ptah, Sekhmet, and Nefertum, um, I, I, I was basically just speaking the word of God, weaponized against it to break up that power and its influence over Casey's life. And um, yeah, let's let's just continue with the story. Yes, they, they these principalities and powers and fallen angels. Well, you know, their spirit spirit means, and they understand the prince the principles of uh, you know unity. It's a false unity, but they understand that. So this one has a triangle, Pita. Uh, he he had a triangle, a union, you know, of force to basically capture us, enslave us into doing their will. So Daniel went into warfare and he, Daniel wields the word of God very skillfully and very powerfully. And uh, he did just that against Pitta. And um, this explained to me why I saw three yellow circles. Sometimes when I take pictures, I will actually see angelic orbs in the pictures in the camera that um, of the picture that I'm in. Well, this time uh, I was taking a picture of myself and I saw three yellow uh, orbs in the camera and I couldn't understand where these three yellow balls of light were coming from and they formed a triangle. Well, later on, I came to the understand that it was actually Pitta, his wife, and his son that was actually manifesting in the spirit realm at that time over me. This is when uh, Daniel at that point Uh, told me just a little bit about what he just previously mentioned about Pitta appearing to another client that he had in a business suit and that he was an Egyptian god. It was very interesting when he told me that. So um, I found myself, so that that was, now I I, I just want to pause right here for one moment. The reason why I call them episodes and as Daniel mentioned at the very beginning, is because to me, it's like I am in this big panoramic theater and you have all of these different episodes going on at the same time. It's just like you're going to the movies. That's exactly what it is. You're going to the movies and you are engaged in the movies with these episodes, you know, you you have one episode here and then it switches over to another episode and it switches back to the first episode and then you go to the third episode. It's just like that in the spirit realm. So I, I wanted to pause and just give you that scenario before we can continue on with another part of this prayer session. So... Now I find myself as Daniel is doing war, a war prayer and he's dealing with Pita. I find myself in a place at that point in time where I, w- I called it Dutchland. And I didn't know why I was calling it Dutchland. 
until later on I found out that Dutchland was the country of Holland. So now we, Daniel, breaks the power of this triangle union, Empata, and this is in addition to me actually breaking all yokes and bondages with him through the methods of prayer and renunciation and the tools that Daniel has given me to use, which are quite powerful and effective at that time. And Daniel, you did ask me about that prayer. Yes, the answer is yes. I use that prayer of um, of uh, um, freedom from principalities and other fallen angels. Yes, freedom from principalities and other fallen angels. I use that prayer. But you actually did the war prayer in our session. So now let's go to Holland. So in this, as Daniel is, is uh, busy doing war prayer and he's utilizing the word of God, welding the word of God, I saw windmills lined up on a prairie plain and it looked to be approximately 10 of them. So I saw five of them in close proximity of where I was standing, and I could sense that the other five were in a distance far off. Well, five were distinct looking, and I knew that on the inside of the building structure that that programming was taking place, meaning that spirits, human spirits were being extracted from uh, their bodies and they were actually being taken to these buildings to be programmed. I knew this. So I saw a person, I actually saw a man peeping out of the door of the first windmill and he tried to close the door quickly uh, when he saw me because I was actually going to go into that windmill and literally destroy it because now I'm at the point where I hate all the programming. I, I just hate everything of Satan and the kingdom of darkness and everything that he's doing to destroy us. So now I'm, I'm at that, like, okay, well, I see these windmills. I know that they're used for programming. I'm going in to destroy them. That's That was my, you know, my mindset when I saw this. So Daniel prayed for the complete destruction of the windmills by sending 10 engines of war and battering rams into the structures and the structures were completely demolished. Now, you may be asking, okay, well now, where is it in the Bible where there are engines of war? <laughs> uh, if you, as you myself. begin to understand the Bible in the terms of war prayer, which is much different from intercession, is not the same, you will begin to see all kinds of weapons that you haven't seen before in the Bible that God our Father uses himself. Daniel? Okay, so this is one of the things that I really harp on. The thought that the Bible was intended to be intellectualized uh, metaphoricalized I made up that word aka scandalized is really messed up and people look at the Bible and they say well if, if I can't make that make sense in my head based on my 3D Americanized thinking then it must be some kind of metaphor or allegory and I just need to read it as some kind of poem come on man like, this is just ridiculous. And I'll, I'm going to tell you guys something. There are so many spiritual weapons in the Word of God, it's ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you why that's true. Because the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the tearing down of strongholds, casting down of arguments, and of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. And I'll tell you what, that word weapons is plural. It is a plural word. And if you read in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 26, verse 9, 
It says, And he shall set engines of war against thy walls, and with his axes he shall break down thy towers. Now, who is this talking about? God? Oh, wait, God has engines of war and axes that break towers? Let me tell you something. You don't need to allegorize anything there. You could take that right out of that passage, put those engines of war in the devil's face, and launch. And, and that's what we do. This is what I call weaponizing the word of God. And I'll tell you, there are so many weapons in the word of God. You have nets, arrows, lightning, thunderbolts, hailstones, coals of fire, whirlwinds, north wind, south wind, any kind of thing. You could weaponize it. Spears, uh, swords, <laughs> razors, uh, bees, flies, plague. I could go on and on, folks. You know, what's profound is how Christians preach themselves into impotence in the realms of spiritual warfare with their allegorizing and all of their nonsense. I can't stand this scandalization of the word of God and I'm done. Okay, Casey, back to you. Me too. I'm with you, Daniel. I can't stand the scandalizing either. I mean, I actually saw when Daniel sent the engines, 10 engines of war to deal with these 10 windmills and the battering rams. I saw them appear out of nowhere and they literally blew these these uh, uh, windmills just completely up. They just blew up and they disappeared out of nowhere. But, you know, it, it was awesome, just awesome to see. So now I'm still watching all of this go on as Daniel's warring. And all of a sudden I see a swastika symbol right in front of my face as if it was hanging in the air because it, it was hanging. You know, it's, it's we're in the spirit realm. So it's hanging. It's there, right there. And then I saw a satanic covenants and contracts under the waters laying on the ground of the river. Now these, I have to back up just a little bit. These 10 uh, uh, windmills were lined up in a row and they were uh, next to a big river. So now I'm seeing this swastika symbol in front of me and, and I'm seeing satanic covenants and contracts under the waters of this river and they were lying on the, the ground. They were actually lying on the riverbed. And I, I, I wondered what they were, what they were about. So I see, then I see millions of people on the prairie land walking in a, in a line beside the tin windmills. And they were heading towards me. And then I saw them being slaughtered by Nazi troops. And so I asked my my husband, my real husband, <laughs> my physical husband, at that point, um, as Daniel was praying, we stopped at that point because uh, I wanted to get a historical point of view of what was going on, what we were seeing in the spirit. So my husband's very good with history. And so I, I asked him, well, you know, what was the historical point of view of what was happening in uh, that part of the country? And that's when he both told uh, Daniel and I that at that, at that Germany actually invaded Holland during World War II. So at that point, I realized that we were back in World War II. I was back in World War II. And um, I was standing there with looking at the Nazis, uh, you know, slaughtering these people. So uh, I told Daniel that the fake triangles that I previously saw, uh, saw had to be dissolved which they were, they were dissolved, and that the land where the Nazi troops slaughtered the people had to be cleansed from the offense of the mass murder of innocent people. I knew that that had to be done before we left that spiritual realm that night. So here's just a little bit of history of uh, World War II 
just a little bit. In, on May 10th of 1940, Hitler begins his Western offense military campaign with a radio code word, Danzig, that's D-A-N-Z-I-G, Danzig, sent, which sent his forces into Holland and Belgium. On the same day, Having lost the support of the Labor Party, the British Prime Minister Never Chamberlain resigns and Winston Churchill accedes to the office, becoming the defense minister as well. And we also know that Winston Churchill was actually appointed and ordained by God to because he was going to be the breaking point to literally uh, um, defeat uh, the Nazis. The German occupiers implemented a policy that enforced a conformity and systematically eliminated all non-Nazi organizations. In 1940, the German regime more or less immediately outlawed all socialists and communist parties. And in 1941, it forbade all parties except for the Dutch National Socialist Party. So the policy that enforced conformity to their rules was so it was an enormous shock to the Dutch, who traditionally had separate institutions for all main religious groups, particularly the Catholics and the Protestants, because of decades of segregation of the two groups. So the process was opposed by the Catholic Church in the Netherlands in 1941, and all Roman Catholics were urged by the Dutch bishops to leave associations that had been Nazified. Now, at this point in time, Hitler is actually, and he, uh, the word Nazified is actually used, but all separate institutions and organizations had to fall under a a Nazification, I guess, that you can say it was almost like you're being brainwashed to be Nazis or else you would die, one or the other. So a long-term aim of the Nazis was to incorporate the Netherlands into the Great Germanic Reich. Hitler thought very highly of the Dutch people who considered to be fellow members of the Aryan master race. So that's just a small um, bit there of bit was just a small piece of the puzzle of where I fell into this scheme of um, of Hitler and the and, and Satan here. So let's continue on. So then I saw a part of my spirit that was separated from me while I was entering into the earth and this part was loyal to Hitler. Now, can you imagine that? A part of me loyal to Hitler. Daniel? I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> once you begin to accept that our timeline is not the only timeline being dealt with, when you are getting to the ways people have been implicated in bondage you are a bit more liberated in understanding where Casey is coming from uh, this is actually not uncommon that you can find parts of people that are loyal to Hitler um, even parts of people that have been involved in other timelines where you know Hitler is even still alive because it's back in 1940 or whatever because it's a past time frame um, but, you know, Casey is going somewhere with her information. I'm just saying <laughs> this is a wonderful and wacky world when you get into the higher level stuff of what is causing people problems. OK, I'm done. Please continue, Casey. OK. Yes. And I also like to add to in the um, in, in my first couple of episodes, episode one and two, where I introduced myself, uh, I was raised as a Lutheran. So um, that may bring that may bring some pieces of the puzzle together with you, especially if you're just coming in on on episode number four. Um, so let's continue on. I saw this part approving 
this is a part of me, the, the one that's loyal to Hitler. So now I'm, I'm looking at this part, and I see that this part is approving the slaughter of the millions of people that I previously mentioned above, where the windmills were located. And her name was Greta. Uh, and she was a high-ranking government official. So now this is all happening in another realm. And all of this action is, is like a forerunner that was to come on the earth in our time uh, in 2017. So this this is supposed to be a what the Fourth Reich should do when they rise up. They're going to try to repeat what Hitler did in 1940 in Holland. So this was an attempt to proclaim by the dark powers that they were planning to do this heinous act. And what the dark powers would do is that that they will actually try to mock God by making proclamations first. And they were attempting to imitate God by making this announcement. And then they tried to plan to perform this rise in power to repeat what Hitler did in 1940. But they're wanting to do it in our time in 2017. Daniel? Oh. No, you're doing great. Just go on and cruise. Okay. All right. So I proceeded to renounce the agreement with Pitta, and I repented of my part's involvement in this satanic event. I saw where Pitta hit me while I was coming into the earth, and that impact caused my spirit to split off apart who was named Greta. Now, previously I mentioned that I saw Greta and that she was a high-ranking government official. And uh, as I was coming into the earth, that's where the split happened. So the plan of the dark forces was to separate Greta from my spirit woman and to hold her hostage in an attempt to weaken and then dis- and then destroy me, me as the host, Greta was supposed to be doing this. However, Greta was first a slave to Pitta, whose duty was to supervise the slaughter of endless number of civilians by the Nazis. Then the dark plan for Greta was to fight against the rest of my spirit, to fight against my whole spirit with the backing of Pitta to destroy me. So if you can just just think about this for one moment. God, my father, is sending me into the earth. Pitta knows, he knew my destiny because, you know, when God our father sends us to the earth. He actually announces us. He'll announce our destiny. And then they're all there listening to it. You know, it's all in the spirit realm. Satan's there. They're all listening to it. So now Pitta hits me. He actually hit my spirit hard enough that it caused, uh, um, it caused a wound in my spirit. And there's a split there. So my spirit split in an attempt to survive my host could not sustain that hit so the split happens and Greta is now come has now come into being Greta's mission from Pitta is to first uh, be loyal to um, Hitler and to be a member of the Nazi party with the millions of slaughter and then Greta was supposed to be instrumental into bringing this fourth Reich right into the earth to repeat um, the atrocities that happened back in World War II. And then once that program had been initiated, then Greta's function, mission, is to turn against my own host spirit to destroy me. So, guys, this is actually very accurate in in how the enemy will work one 
when the enemy is executing agendas, whether it's against us personally or against this planet, he's always implicating pieces of broken humanity. Always implicating pieces of broken humanity. This is why they're after people to break them, to break their hearts, to break their spirits. Uh, a, a couple verses are, are very important to understand at this juncture. One, Psalm fifty-one, seventeen: The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. The word broken spirit comes from the, in, in, that word broken comes from the Hebrew word shabar, which means to break or shatter in pieces. And yes, uh, through certain types of trauma, a, a human spirit can be broken, literally. And, and that is what they achieved as they went after Casey before she was even born. Now, some people may think, oh, yeah, so being born human means that you uh, are essentially evolved from a monkey, whatever. I hope this isn't you, by the way. And um, you just begin to exist when your parents make you happen. And it, that's not the way it works at all. As a matter of fact, we have our origin with the father, and that origin has such... Uh, wait, God goes to Jeremiah and literally says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I formed you and I declared you a prophet to the nations. Like that happened before he was formed in his mother's womb. So we have to understand God is the father of lights. That is, we are light. He is light. We come from him. And as Casey is coming from God, there is an attack mounted against her life already. And what we have found is that many times when we get into the uh, preconception traumas and uh, we're looking at what occurred, there's often a transition through a wormhole, which is essentially what it looks like as a person's going to their fetus. That's And, and, and so... Um, that is the frame of time during which they mounted the attack. And I'll tell you, folks, Casey is not the only person that has endured an attack that hit in this frame of time relative to her, you know, coming to 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 live out her life on the earth. And what's even more bizarre is that once they got that trauma and they were able to create a split in her spirit, they were able to capture that and put it in another realm. And run a program on it to pit her own spirit against her. And and many times this is what we find, and we call it self-sabotage, put a number of names on it. But truly, the, the diabolical agenda of the dark side is to pit our own humanity against us so that we are actually resisting ourselves as a manifestation of our brokenness, which they create. And so, anyway, this is for some of you listening, because I'll, I guarantee you Casey is not the only one. Please continue. Absolutely, Daniel. If you find yourself speaking hate against yourself, feeling hate against yourself, then please go to Bride Ministries. Um, there are a whole lot of resources there. Daniel has a whole lot of resources there. That will help uh, help you tremendously. That will um, give give you a whole lot of answers to spiritual questions that you may not have been able to get from just a um, just a, a local church. So so Daniel um, ministered to Greta, and he offered to her healing, and told her about her true identity that she had, which was from God, our father. So Greta repented and I was very happy to see Greta quickly repenting. And she accepted the true salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to stop right here because when, when I say true salvation, it's important for me to say true salvation because believe it or not, there is a fake salvation. There is a false salvation. There's a false Jesus. There's a false Holy Spirit. There's a false Father God. There's a false blood of Jesus. There is literally a false everything that God our Father has set up. So I just wanted to bring that up. So she repented and she accepted the true 
salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Shortly after hearing Daniel tell her who she was, she immediately approached my spirit woman and she started hugging her tightly to the point that she integrated herself back into the core of my spirit woman. And uh, it was a very strange sight to see, but I was very happy that it that it took place rather quickly. Daniel? <laughs> God is in the business of putting us back together. And folks, this is what I've been talking about and introducing in various ways. We are a three-part man. May the God of all peace sanctify you wholly. I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 5.23 We are a three-part man, and that means that all three parts of our person need ministry. And, and ministry to the human spirit is different than ministry to the human soul, which is different than ministry to the human body. But they all interface because we are one man. And, of course, there are people and Christians that don't understand this, and they would even take what I just said and try to make it sound weird or... I don't get that. You know, personally, what we're talking about is exactly why we, we minister this way according to the Bible. There, there is a ministry to the human spirit, and, and Casey is actually describing what that looks like. Her soul wasn't formed yet when her spirit was traumatized by an attack as she was being sent in by Father God to this world. And so on the level of her human spirit, which came from God, she needed healing. And that healing took place as a result of ministry. And this is what ministry to the human spirit, when, when, when wholeness is being ministered to the human spirit, can look like. There are reintegrations that occur on the spirit level that is independent of integrations that involve pieces of the person's soul. It's just the way it is. So that's all. Please continue, Casey. Absolutely. And I noticed that every time I experience a reintegration of um, my spirit or soul, that you feel a completeness. It's, it's, it's like, okay, there's another part that of me that is a part of me now, and you feel more complete than you did before. It is a, it's an instant, um, it's an instant result that you experience. So meanwhile, uh, Charles, my protector, was very pleased to avenge himself on Pitta by pulling him in his realm. And then he destroyed the existence of him, his wife and his son, from the realm that we were in and in, in my life. Now, Charles has a realm as well, just like we have realms. Charles, my protector, can actually pull in other spirit beings like Pitta or anything that's, that's a spirit, really, and he can deal with him in his realm if he's wanting to. And so he chose to do this with this triangle union here with Pitta, his wife, and his son, and uh, they are they are completely destroyed from me. I, I will I will never have any problems with them ever again. So uh, when I was set free from Pitta and from his influence, which was the last act that Charles did, basically Charles just closed the books on that, and basically I was just set free from Pitta and his influence. Now, this does not mean that Pitta and his wife and his son are completely destroyed. They are just out of my realm. They are out. I no longer can be influenced by them. They're, they no longer have power or dominion over me anymore. So they, uh, they actually disappeared right there within Charles' realm. So uh, Daniel led me through a, a prayer, and uh, I mentioned earlier that Daniel, uh, that we used, I used the principalities prayer to be set free from Pitta, his wife, 
and his son. And then Daniel also reinforced that prayer and um, by using the same prayer of, of freedom from the principalities to make sure that I was completely set free from Pitta, his wife, and his son. After that, we had to go through some more uh, uh, prayer lines to be set free from other bloodlines that I found out that I had in my blood in, in my family line, and that was the Hatsburgs, the Anglo-Saxon, and the Coburg Saxon Goldfell bloodlines by praying freedom from the Illuminati bloodline genetics prayer. Now, remember that I mentioned earlier, it's like we're going to the movies and we're going from one scene to the next. Well, this is an example of that. As soon as we uh, were sure, as soon as Daniel was sure, that Pitta and that demonic realm and that whole um, Nazi, uh, German, World War II, the Fourth Reich, all of that, all of the plans of darkness were destroyed there. We switched to another scene now. Now we're going to destroy more dark bloodlines um, from me. And, and um, now we're focusing in on the Habsburg, the Anglo-Saxon, and the Colbert Saxon Goldfell bloodlines. And we used freedom from the Illuminati bloodline genetics prayer. And that is found on Daniel's website. If you need to use that prayer, it is very, very powerful. It's very anointed. And you actually, all you need is yourself, the Holy Spirit, God, the Father, your holy angels, Jesus. But bottom line is that Daniel has actually presented this prayer to God, our Father, in the courtrooms. And it has been blessed by God, our Father. So it's very, very powerful. And you will see immediate results. If you feel that you need freedom from any type of Illuminati bloodline genetics, Daniel? I, I do have to say on the freedom from Illuminati bloodline genetics prayer, um, one of the things that we have found is that it goes deep. It, it's kind of like taking a shovel and putting that shovel as deep into the soil as you can and then trying to pull that shovel out of the soil with all of the weight of the soil on the shovel. Sometimes you stick the shovel so deep you can't actually pull it back up from under the dirt because the dirt is so heavy. What we have found is that with the Freedom from Illuminati Bloodline Genetics Prayer, it actually goes so deep that sometimes a person doesn't have the strength to pull it all the way back up out of the ground like that shovel going into dirt. So they begin to say the prayer. They can't finish it by themselves or they dissociate a few lines into the prayer and cannot actually receive a full deliverance because it's too deep. There's so much agreements around these bloodlines and what they have to offer. And so sometimes what we have found is that, well, if a person has enough healing present or the influence of these bloodlines isn't so deep in that particular individual, there is huge breakthrough immediately because the prayer is very, very powerful. But when the, the agreements, the internal agreements with what these bloodlines offer goes deep enough and the person is compromised enough, it may not be possible to get through a prayer like this until you a person has already been through significant deliverance and inner healing prior to trying to say this prayer. I have to give that as a caveat because um, this is what we have tracked. Uh, so some people, they just, they, they, they really just struggle with the prayer or they find it that it, it's completely check out as they begin to say it. Praise God that when we began to apply it to Casey's situation, she was in a place to receive great fruit from the prayer. 
which was immediately apparent and there was immediate breakthrough. And of course, we were praising God for that. I'll tell you what we have learned about bloodlines is significant. Um, one of the things that we find when Jesus um, was giving the Last Supper, he said, take this cup of blessing. He, and he gave the cup and passed it around. He said, this is the new covenant established in my blood. And a covenant is a binding agreement established by the shedding of blood. And what we found is that bloodlines carry covenants. And these covenants establish the bloodline iniquities that the powers of darkness anchor themselves to. And so we realize that the powers of darkness look at people's genetics as their back door to hack that person's life, even if the person hasn't sinned at all in a certain area or had any kind of desire to be implicated in the kingdom of darkness. They, by virtue of the very genetics they possess and carry, are being carted off to other realms as they sleep and with no explanation as to how they are under such attack. And I'll tell you, the genetics component of understanding bondage has been a huge, huge deal. Uh, we've been getting a lot of people set free. And um, that is, uh, th those are my two cents on that one, Casey. But I'm glad that you brought it up. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> it worked for you. Yes, it did indeed. So now, all what I can say is, whoo, we have finished that one coaching session, all of that was actually worked, accomplished, and completed. It was like it, it is finished. According, that's what Jesus is. It is finished. And that one coaching session. And the interesting thing about that, Daniel, is that I found an article that appeared on my Facebook page one week later. And the article said, Holland has first Jewish military wedding since the Holocaust. That's one of a, what Daniel says, a hum, a hum moment. So that's a Daniel hum moment. When I saw that and I said, okay, so uh, that was very interesting to see the article. The article um, was about a... Uh, a Marine Corporal, and uh, he's actually wearing his Navy uh, Royal Netherlands uniform, um, and he's and he has a strapped ceremonial sword in his golden belt, and he's actually wedded to his wife uh, at the Dutch capital, which is and still. Uh, well, at the Dutch capital's Amstel Hotel, and he's married by a rabbi. And this has ha not happened since the Holocaust. So I, I thought that this was very, very interesting that this article would actually appear one week later on my webpage. So uh, I, I, um, forwarded that art of course to Daniel so that he could look at that as well I'll tell you folks so, yes you want to say something Daniel no it's it just you know these are the things that do make you go hmm like are you kidding me <laughs> we're doing this timeline stuff Casey's spirit you know Fourth Reich Holland and then all of a sudden a Jewish wedding in Holland the next week you know how does this stuff happen you know, you just scratch your head. Are you serious? <laughs> but you know what that said, folks? I mean, this is this is the work that we do. This is the work that we do. And Casey, I just want to let you know that I am so proud of you for taking the healing journey that you did with me because it takes a lot of bravery to get on the phone and Skype call every week and sit down and actually navigate this stuff knowing this is your story you know a lot of people want to run for the hills from this kind of thing if they begin to realize like this is what's required for them to be set free they'd rather just be quote-unquote normal and not go through it but you know you are brave and even 
more amazing is the fact that you're getting on my program to talk about it and open up the conversation for others to journey this way with the Lord as well. So I just wanted to say thank you. You are so welcome, Daniel. I remember when you originally asked me if I would do this and I would say no, 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 no. But then I realized and the Lord started working on me. And uh, I, I realized that there's so many other people that actually need to hear this and need to hear that is actually real. And um, the dreams that they're having are real. It's not, um, it's not fake, but it's actually real. And I've, I now come to the place that when you finally make up your mind that you're going to seek deliverance, you'll be so much happier. And um, that's that. So all I can say, Daniel, is thank you so much for being such a wonderful coach and very powerful, very committed to Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you are totally committed to the Bible, the scripture. Uh, you rightly divide the word and you divide it uh, in a... In, in a way that it's not metaphorized. And I know that that's not a word in a dictionary, but I use that word a lot because, you know, I was raised as a Lutheran and, um, you know, everything was like a fairy book tale, uh, a storybook, you know, in the Bible. So this stuff is for real. And, and um, thank you. That's all I can say is thank you. Folks, that's what we have for you this week. We'll be back until next time. God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www. Dot bridemovement.com.